With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ah, you damn right. Hope you're having a good Tuesday. If you are a soccer freak, you know what today is all about. The United States against Iran. Even I think I can grasp the simplicity of this one. The U.S. team needs a win or they will not advance. I don't think another draw is going to do them any good if I'm reading my tables correct. We'll get to that and a whole lot more. It's Chad and Zay on a Tuesday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined by Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What's good, Chad? How you doing, man? I'm good. I am good. Uh, a little red, white, and blue going on in about an hour. Yeah, feeling that too. One of those rare times I'll peek in on soccer and, you know, care a little bit. Yeah, I'll be excited to talk to Glenn in just a little bit. It's winter go home. There's no tying. Right. You know how I feel about penalty kicks. I think they should happen. We talked about Mighty Ducks being one of my favorite movies. <laughs> That's the ultimate penalty goal movie. The suspense, everything that goes along with it. I get why they don't do it. But, you know, in games like this, you wish there were just, you know, any little thing helps. Yeah. So and again, USA the dub. Here is the basics of it all. Obviously, if you do not get a point if you lose, so they can't lose. When you draw, you get a point. The United States has done it twice, so they have two points. But Iran has three because they have a win. So if they drew with them today, then Iran would still be ahead of them. In points, U.S. wouldn't advance. When you win, they give you three points. The U.S. would get to five points with a win, and that would make them at least the number two team in the group, if not number one, and the two team, the top two teams advance. So it is that simple. It's not going to have to get down to differentials or any of that. It's just as simple as win the match, and it does start at 1 o'clock. So we're going to get into that coming up here in, uh, oh, about five uh, minutes or so, about 10 after. We're going to talk to Glenn Davis of Soccer Matters. You've been hearing the World Cup reports from Glenn, brought to you by Daspit Law Austin. Uh, shout out to them for helping us out during the World Cup, and they are a sponsor of uh, Soccer Matters every Monday night. If you missed last night's edition, it's at hornfm.com. Just go to the podcast page there and check out Soccer Matters. Uh, before that, though, let's get the spec set piece in. So we can talk about some expert coaching last last night in the NFL. The Specs Set Piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. When it's time to kick off the Austin FC match, say big at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. All right, uh, Zay, Pittsburgh and the Colts last night. My house is interested since I am married to a Steelers fan. So 24-17, Steelers get the win. Before we talk about their part of it, Lots of talk today about Jeff Saturday's part of that game. <laughs> he is now 1-2 and two as a head coach, and he did not seem to handle the end of that game well, even though he says 
the timing was not an issue, the clock wasn't an issue to him, and he doesn't think he needed to take a timeout sooner than he did. What'd you make of it? Yeah, that's what you have to say for sound like a complete idiot. You don't want to be like that, which he was last night. I mean, I couldn't be happier, especially how they did my man Sam Ellinger. They did him completely wrong. Uh, Jeff Saturday, the situation that he has is completely bogus, and I've never agreed with it. So, hey, this is what you wanted, and now you made a bad bonehead move in clutch time that cost your team a game. I mean, call a timeout. And it's a lot of it's Matt Ryan's, too. It's, it's a lot of it's his fault. He's a MVP veteran quarterback that's been doing this for a long time. He needs to understand the situation also. But Jeff Saturday, at the end of the day, you're calling all the shots. If clearly what you said in the presser, if you don't think that time was an issue, then clearly you're going to make your whole offense have that mindset, too. And that's what, if I'm Matt Ryan, that's – I'm going to say, Jeff Sarah, you're taking the bullet for this one. So when they ask me about those timeouts, I'm Matt Ryan. I'm saying uh, our coach, he wanted us to keep going. He wanted right. us to go for it, and we weren't worried about the time. We felt like we were confident enough to put some points on the board to go into overtime, and that's not what happened. No, it's not. Um, it's weird. We're in a world now with all these stud quarterbacks at an advanced age, and obviously it starts with the Bradys and the Rodgers of the world. But I'm also watching these older guys that apparently have forgotten how to play. Today is the 34th birthday of Russell Wilson. We'll get to that later in the show. Happy birthday, Russ. He appears to have forgotten how to play football at times, including some of this stuff, game management, clock management. I'm watching that last night thinking, okay, I'm not sure exactly who can and can't call a timeout on an NFL team, but I know the head coach and starting quarterback can both do that. How at 37 years old, when he's got the football at the end of that second down play, how does Matt Ryan not immediately pop up with a timeout signal and move on from there? They had all three with 50 seconds to go. And Saturday has the nerve to say, I don't really feel like time was an issue. You didn't? Less than a minute to go and you're down seven? Time's not an issue? Come on, Saturday. Yeah, and he knows damn well if this was Frank Reich that did something like this, he'd be on the next day on the four-layer network hammering Frank Wright. Yes, rightly so. And I'd be right there with him saying, yeah, that makes no <laughs> sense. I don't know why Matt Ryan has forgotten. I, I'm not going to give Jeff Saturday and what's this dude's name, Parks Frazier, the new play caller, I'm not going to give him a total pass. I would remind Matt Ryan, though, hey, dude, your head coach has been a head coach for like five minutes, and your play caller has been a play caller barely that long. Yeah. You might want to take some responsibility for big moments in the last part of this game, including when to get that T.O. Yeah, and I thought that was going to be a blowout. I mean, the Steelers, they were handling their business in the first half. Kenny Pickett, he looked high. You know, he looked high. They were running the football. Najee Harris, Benny Snell, you know, they were running that rock. And George Pickens, he's still one of the sleeper picks of the draft. I mean, he's one of the best young receivers in the NFL already. It's only his first year. So I thought it was going to be a blowout. The Colts came back um, 14 points in that third quarter. And then for them to blow the game like this, at the very end, uh, it's just a joke. And they ran the ball. Like, they gave it to Jonathan Taylor with yes. Jason Moore clock and didn't call a timeout. And then and they're the, like, okay, Jeff. And then on fourth down, throw tw- like 15 yards past the, the stick. Mm-hmm. You just needed three. Go get three yards. 
Find three yards. See, Jeff, Saturday, this is why Peyton Manning got in your butt about calling the place. You yes. don't call the place. You good. don't know nothing about it. good point. You yeah. don't know nothing about it. Shut uh, your oh ass my, up. <laughs> oh, my God. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. <laughs> you have no coaching experience. And make sure we understand the word that Isaiah is saying. Not a sinner like in church. A center. Yeah. A center. A sinner. You are a center. Jeff, Saturday. Oh, that is funny. All right, so. Yeah, you got to say that ignorant, like I just said, the way that he was calling plays ignorant last night. Good grief, oh, man. Oh, dude, hey, that's terrible. Again, the pettiness of me, they did my man Sam Ellinger wrong, and this is exactly what they deserve. Jim Ursay, hey. the whole organization, this is exactly what they deserve. This is what they asked for. Everyone knows when it comes to Zay Collier, you're going to back up a Westlake oh. guy. That's what you do. <laughs> That's what you do. That's what you're saying, right? I'm sorry. Did I hear you no, wrong? No, no, no. I'll back up. A specific, a specific Westlake guy. Westlake okay. guy. <laughs> okay. Westlake turned Longhorn. I actually have love for one of your Aggie brethren who went to Westlake just because yes? we were kind of rivals and it turned into more of a Baylor-Texas rivalry. Ryan Swope. Ryan Swope is pretty cool. That was my dude. Okay. That All was right, my dude. Good. We had some battles back in the day. Thank God he had football and didn't hoop okay. at Westlake because we would have uh, had some serious problems. He was an excellent athlete. So he might be the only Aggie that I really, you know, that's my guy. Okay. I can say that's my dude from Westlake, too. Fair which enough. Is tough. That is that's tough. That's a lot. Tough combo. That's a lot. Yeah, the Westlake like, Westlake to College Station. That's a tough trip yeah, for yeah, you, isn't that, it? I felt something <laughs> in my throat. That's how it feels. Oh, my goodness. All right, speaking of feeling something in your throat, the U.S. national team got to be feeling it today because they need the win against Iran uh, or they are out. They will not advance to the knockout round. It's at 1 o'clock, so we thought we'd get a little preview from our man Glenn Davis coming up here in just a second from Soccer Matters. Remember, Soccer Matters Monday nights at 7, plus you're hearing the World Cup reports brought to you by Daspit Law Austin throughout the event. So we'll get a little bit from Glenn coming up here. Also, I have texted our man Jeff Ward who comes in every Tuesday. Hey, are you good to come in or are you going to be watching soccer or both? We'll see if we get a little bit of his attention at 105, but there's a lot of stuff to get into football-wise. We're still cleaning up college and pro football from the weekend and the college coaching stuff is absolutely crazy. So, let's get right to the uh, the soccer preview. It's real simple for the US team, I believe. Let's double check on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. It is Glenn Davis of Soccer Matters. I know he's getting ready for this match. Glenn, how are you? Hey, we are pumped for this. U.S. lineup just came out, so uh, really looking forward to this huge opportunity, seminal moment for uh, U.S. soccer after not being in the World Cup the last time. So looking forward to this Iran-U.S. match. Yeah, it's going to be big, obviously, and uh, there's clearly some, as you've talked about, there's certainly some political things going on, but we'll leave those to the side because when it comes to, when it gets down to kicking this thing off and it becomes all about the beautiful game, it's as simple as they've got to win, and that's how they advance, correct? Am I reading my tables right, Glenn? I think even I can read these you tables correct. tables right. <laughs> this stuff can get confusing. It changes by the moment, but the U.S. have to win. That's for Iran, you know, a draw is good enough, and, and we're going to expect them to really sit deep in this game and dare the U.S. to break them down. So they're going to, so they'll kind of hang back, uh, you know, in this game. You just mentioned the uh, lineup came out. What stands out to you about the U.S. lineup? What do we need to know? Yeah, I think two things stand out to me. Um, everything else looks pretty much the same. Everything's the same except coming in for Weston, uh, coming in for. Um, in the center back position is Cameron Carter-Vickers to pair with Tim Ream. So Walker Zimmerman goes out. 
that's a bit of a shock. I don't know if he's got an injury or what. I haven't heard. And in the striker position, it's going to be Josh Sargent um, who's going to get to go at, at the striker position. So those are the two big ones. Uh, I didn't expect the Cameron Carter Vickers one at center back. Uh, and Sargent uh, will get the nod in the striker position today. Okay. Glenn, like Chad said, we're not going to get into politics. I mean, people have phones and computers. They could go look <laughs> that stuff up on their own. But how can that be a distraction to the game? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that have gone on that have been very contrived. Um, you know, the, the, the Iranian press has asked some very provocative, stupid questions to young athletes. I think that's pretty clear. I think the U.S. did something silly trying to change uh, the Iranian flag. I, I, that, that one actually stuns me a little bit that somebody in a social media department of the U.S. national team would do that. That was kind of stupid. But a lot of the stuff is done on purpose to try and stoke the fires. Hiroshi is doing this, who's the coach of Iran. Uh, he's kind of noted for doing some of that stuff. He's also been able to kind of get the country behind him personally a little bit more by becoming a little bit bolder here with all the challenges they have going on over there. So a lot of this is gamesmanship, and I think really, for me, a young U.S. national team, I'm very impressed with how mature a lot of these guys are, like Tyler Adams, Virginia Guest, McKinney. Um, these are all guys that really are mature beyond their years. They're going to get the full test of it today. Uh, I think they can get that done, but emotional control and focus will be a real, real, real big piece of today. Yeah, control is an interesting word to use there. Talking with Glenn Davis of Soccer Matters, talking U.S. and Iran as they get ready for this game on uh, coming up at 1 o'clock. So, Glenn, when it comes to control, just on its face, I would think that the players from Iran, they're going to be – insulted to some degree with what happened again you're you know a personal affront to them in many ways maybe it's a religious of all that kind of stuff in a in a normal situation i might expect them to get a little more physical maybe trying to send a message do you expect that with what you just said about them wanting to lay back in this game when they can deal with a draw how do you think all that plays out yeah, well, listen, just because you lay back doesn't mean you're going to not be physical. They, they will be physical. They're going to try to break the U.S. with them. They're going to you know, pose questions to the United States to how to break them down. We can get into that in a second. But, you know, look, um, these guys also tried to make a little bit of a stand in the first game before the England game that they got hammered. Uh, I, I, I don't think they sang the anthem or there was something there. So, look, hmm. You have to think that these soccer players also are, are thinking about what's going on back at home in Iran. So we don't know what type of pressure the Iranians are under, right? I mean, I heard they just jailed uh, one of their ex-players who was outspoken about what was going on with women in the country of Iran. So they're carrying a different type of pressure. Um, at the end of the day, I think this game starts. These guys and everybody are focused on getting to the next round of the World Cup. And if you end up in second in your group, you're likely going to play the Netherlands. Hmm. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's a lot there. So, Glenn, uh, after watching some of these games and pool play, which country has impressed you the most where it's kind of caught you off guard, you didn't expect them to be this good or playing at this high of a level? Well, I think Senegal today, who just advanced, that, that's a big one because they lost Sadio Mane, their great striker who plays for Bayern Munich, and everybody was like, well, oh, they don't have their talisman, their leader. I mean, they've overcome that. They've advanced, I think. I think that's a, a pretty big story. I'm still not convinced with Argentina, even though they beat Mexico. Mexico, this is the most, I mean, honestly, they're playing for their lives in their last game. But this is the most, um, I would call, uh, conservative, um, 
you know, Mexico that I've ever seen in a World Cup. And I think a lot of that has to do with injury, but I think a lot of it has to do with player development in the country of Mexico. Um, Germany is another one you keep an eye on that could evolve into something different. I think that's the cool thing in the tournament, though, is teams can morph into different things overnight, right? Or teams like the Netherlands, who, yeah, you can say they've played pretty well, they've advanced, they've got the results. You don't look at them and say they're going to win the World Cup, but they could turn into something very different now in the knockout stages. So a lot of great storylines out there. Obviously, Brazil and Spain also are teams that everybody knows can go very far. Glenn, in terms of this U.S. team, obviously I know enough about soccer to know I go to number 10s for, uh, for stars. <laughs> I, I think people know about Pulisic. Uh, I know Reyna's name. Uh, I know about the guy in goal, and I know the guy that, about the guy that scored the goal, Timothy Weah, earlier in the, the, that first match. Anybody, give me somebody you're looking for as a soccer guy. You're following it so closely. Anybody maybe off to the side, anybody that people aren't talking about where you're thinking, man, if this guy can have a game, they're going to advance. Well, I think off the bench, Gio Reyna and Brendan Aronson today could be very, very important in this. So let's, let's focus on them off the bench. They're good weapons to bring on if you're having a hard time breaking down Iran. I'm going to go to, uh, right to Tyler Adams. He's, he's a center midfielder. He's the holding midfielder. He's the captain. He is an incredible young man. Matures can be. He is going to be vital today to kill off counterattacks. Uh, I don't think he's an unknown quantity, though, to your point. But I think he's going to end up on an even bigger team. He plays in the Premier League with Leeds. And I think the two outside backs deserve a big mention. Anthony Robinson and Eunice. Uh, sorry, Anthony Robinson. And then on the other side, Serginho Dest. These two guys are huge today because they're going to push forward if, in fact, Iran sits as deep as we all believe they will in a low block. And those two outside backs have been really, really good. They're good on the ball, but they're going to need to make things happen today. They're going to need to break lines. They're going to need to beat people off the dribble, get delivery in. So Serginho Dest uh, is one, and Anthony Robinson, another, that are going to be huge today. An interesting matchup here. One team that absolutely needs the win. The other team could live with the tie or the draw. We'll see how that goes. See if the U.S. can uh, put an attack on. Zay, you got one more? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Glenn, how do you think uh, Qatar has held up of hosting the World Cup thus far? You mean as a country? Uh, or, yeah, I mean, the team, obviously, that was a, that was a stretch trying to manufacture a team because they don't really have a football in history. So they lost all three games. You know, it's hard for me to say, I'm just getting feedback from people that are over there and, and I get mixed stuff um, like everybody else. I mean, look, I think we all know that there, there is, you know, all you got to do is watch the Netflix show called FIFA uncovered. And, and you'll realize that, you know, there's a lot of really unsavory things about this country being awarded this. Okay. I, I hate, hate to be political here, but it's pretty obvious, right? And it shouldn't have gone to Qatar. Um, there's $300 billion that went into stadiums, roads, a, a city. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sure it's nice to be there. I'm sure the environment is nice. The restaurants are great and all that. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's a showcase, right? I mean, these, these events, as you guys know, are set up to show off countries, basically. 
Yeah, that is true. Uh, and uh, remember, if you missed last night's Soccer Matters with Glenn, it is up there at uh, hornfm.com for you. Just go to the podcast page and also check out the World Cup reports coming throughout the day, uh, throughout the next couple of weeks uh, leading up to the, the final there, December 18th. And that's brought to you by Daspit Law Austin. We thank them for being a great partner of ours during the World Cup. Glenn, we thank you as well. We'll let you get to match prep. Uh, hopefully the U.S. team can keep this thing going. Thank you for the time. Thank you, Glenn. Guys, you guys rock. Thanks for the great questions. Let's enjoy this game. Let's go USA. There you go. Thank you, brother. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff there. Glenn Davis, the soccer match itself, and then you've got all the other stuff kind of on the side of it, not just the host country, but then this whole thing with the U.S. team and, uh, and the Iranian Yo, flag man. issue and all that. It's crazy, man. Glenn's got me hyped because you know I'm going for USA today. Uh-huh. But what he said about my Senegal brothers I don't know if I'm from Senegal. I haven't done uh, Ancestry.com <laughs> or nothing, but your boy is black as hell. So I'm going for anybody in Africa. All right. Those are the brother's roots. Shout out to Senegal. Do y'all's thing, brothers. Buh, buh. There you go. I don't know if that's the salute. I Sorry, I'm not trying to be offensive. <laughs> <laughs> you walked, you went right up to that one and then sounded so confident. I hope that was good. I don't know. Senegal. It felt good. Okay, as long as it felt good. As long as it felt good. Senegal defeated Ecuador today 2-1. The Netherlands got by uh, got by Qatar 2-0. And then, of course, you've got the simultaneous games in Group B. It is uh, Iran against the U.S. and Wales against England. They do those at the same time, so each game doesn't know what's going on in the other in case the you know aggregate takes over. It's very complex when you get to this point. Uh, But it's real simple for the U.S. team. They have to win to get to the knockout round and we will obviously keep you updated once we get to that 1 o'clock hour. All right, a lot of football on the board. Not just football, but football on the board. College and pro, we're continuing to clean it up, including continuing to clean up that mess last night that Jeff Saturday threw out. We'll keep talking about that game, but also getting ready for the next CFP rankings tonight. Championship week in college football and there's a really good week of NFL football coming. We will hit it all next on the Horn. Henley starter, the Eagles, with the long run. That's what the U.S. team wants in Qatar. A long run, not a short, we don't advance run. Yeah, that'd be big, especially with a team this young. The uh, If you've never seen the Eagles documentary, it's fantastic. It's like four or five hours long. You're going to need to commit yourself, possibly. But uh, this is an album that the Eagles referred to as the long one because it took them like a year, year and a half, something like that, to make it. it took forever. They were fighting and uh, you know disagreeing about yeah. everything. This is about Plus that. Plus the drugs. Oh, yeah. Well, drugs always make for better yeah. albums, and it really helps you get along. It really does. <laughs> All the drugs. It never makes anybody paranoid. I mean, it always works well. The Eagles get us started today. The long run. That is a nice one. I've heard that one live. I saw the Eagles on that famous Hell Freezes Over tour years ago. 
Uh, so uh, shout out to the Eagles. They're, they're one of those bands. You know the songs, even if you don't know the songs. They're just uh, kind of in the in the fabric. Uh, Chad and Zay with you on a Tuesday. We will keep you updated on U.S. soccer at one. Let's see. Uh, hang on. What channel is on? Because I'm going to change this. Big Fox. Go right. Big Fox. Big Fox. Right. We're going Big Fox. Uh, wow. Okay. So Jeff Ward is good. He is good. I asked if he was good over 105 for watching soccer. Yeah, he'll be offended if we don't have it on ready for him. Yeah, yeah, you got to get ready. I said, are you good at 105 or are you watching soccer or both? And he says both. So uh, he also, (laughs) yeah, he also thrown uh, throws in the Iranians have been threatened with death. No kidding. Oh man, it's such a crazy match leading in. We'll ask him nuts, man. We'll ask him just play soccer. I know. We'll ask him about some of that. See, that's the thing. The that, you know they refer to it as the beautiful game, and the beautiful and kind of cursed thing about soccer is, be, it, it's so wonderfully beautiful and simple, and every country in the world can play it. But that means sometimes two countries are going to get together, especially in this kind of an event, that don't get along, that don't like one another, that don't share belief systems, that don't share a lot of thought. Whatever, and then with what's going on in Iran right now, and then there's all these things happening. Uh, so we'll just see what it looks like. Because normally, say when you get to this level, there's a like a there's a pageantry to the beginning of it, right? Captains will come together and they exchange stuff, and there might be like you know flowers that get given to certain people. I don't know what this one's going to be. This is, may just be a bunch of scowls and two people. It, this may be the 50 yard line at Texas OU. That's what it may turn into. Just oh, wow. two people that have to stand near each other that will be staring in completely different directions. Yeah. Just to get through it. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. I mean, one of the, my favorite 30 for 30s is the Columbia one. Oh, my God. Homie the, missed the kick. Two Escobars. Two Escobars. Woo, yeah. And then that was it for him. It's like, wow, the game is that powerful. It is, yes. In it, certain, I, certain places. I always say it. It is the most important sport on the planet, and I don't think that can be argued. No. I don't know any other sport that brings as much importance with it than international soccer. I can't think I of agree. one. You know? Right. I mean, there's nothing. We can talk about, oh my God, when the Cowboys and Eagles get to... No, man. <laughs> it's not like that. It's not like goalies being killed in the middle of the night bad. Oh, man. Fans getting beaten. Fans getting stuff thrown at them. Fans getting you know crushed in a, in a riot because somebody lost or a referee made a bad call. That, that happens in soccer, man. It's that important to the world. It's crazy. It's wild stuff. Uh, all right, so that game comes up at... Two, excuse me, at one o'clock our time. We'll keep you updated, and Jeff Ward is going to duck in here, and we'll try to talk a little football with him. But he may be paying attention to the football while it is going on. Uh, so, hope you're having a good Tuesday. We have a special Tuesday evening for you after Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge. You Texas basketball fans are going to get a little warm up with Longhorn Weekly tonight with Coach Beard. That means Under the Lights moves to eight o'clock with Rick and the crew. So we'll still get your high school football playoff talk in. But but that's after Coach Beard and Longhorn Weekly. Real quick, Zay, how excited are you for this matchup with Creighton? It's number two in the country against number seven. The Moody Center is going to be rocking again. Very excited, but I did see a stat that I did not like today, and it was the last time the Horns have been ranked this high, number two around here, was back in 2010 where they had like Avery Bradley and guys like that, okay. maybe Tristan Thompson, I don't know for sure. But um, And they lost first round to Wake Forest. Don't Ooh, like that stat. That team, okay. Don't like that stat one I bit. I remember those were some dark times in Rick Barnes' tenure. So, other than that, I don't think this team 
will be that. I think this team is tougher than that. But, I, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to the game at the Moody on Thursday. I think Creighton is a very good team that could go very far in March. And I think they're going to win the Big East, which the Big East is power six. I know in mm-hmm. football it's power five, but in basketball there's six big-time conferences, and the Big East is that extra six. They're one of the best teams there. I said yesterday they might have one of the best starting fives in the nation. They played three quality teams in the Maui Invitational and took all three of those teams to the wire. They beat both Tech and Arkansas, same Arkansas team that the Horns beat in the exhibition game, but lost to a very good Arizona team where Courtney Ramey, ironically, is going crazy. I asked Jeff Howe uh, during our switcheroo between Light the Tower and CNZ. I was like, yo, Jeff, I don't remember a game Courtney Ramey ever had 20-something uh, with the horns, and Jeff was like, I think he had at least one, but he's out here just dropping 20 at Arizona. Where was that at, Courtney? Well, yeah. well, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of that has to do with Shaka Smart and, you know, kind of the shackles that Chris Beard put on those guys last year in uh, year one. But this team, Tyrese Hunter, that he looked good in the uh, uh, RGV game. Uh, Marcus Carr still looks good. He's playing with so much freedom, so much confidence. His three-point shot looks good. Hunter's three-point shot looks good. And I'll continue to say this, Chad, Serge Barry Rice is one of my favorite players, and he's only been here for about four months and played around five, six games with the Horns. Like, he'll only be here one year. He has one year left, uh, like six-year senior, whatever, came from New Mexico State. He has one of the best pump fakes I've ever seen, like right there with Manu, and that says a lot. Wow. Like, I know it's just a pump fake. Like, oh, Zay, it's just a pump fake. That means a lot. Every time he pump fakes, they jump. Every single time, he does a great job of just, it, may, it looks like his normal shot. He picks his foot up. He just has great footwork, and he had a terrific game against RGV. So I think the Horns' depth is going to really affect Creighton, who they have no depth. McDermott, he wants to play those starting fives for the whole 40 if he could. If you get those guys in foul trouble, then you have a good shot. Thursday evening, 6 o'clock, early start because they're doing the Big 12 uh, Big East deal and they'll have another game later. So this is the first game that they'll have on uh, on TV there. So 6 o'clock Thursday night. We'll be talking about that as the week develops. Uh, coming up in the crap bag, let's get into this OBJ story because we haven't really talked about it yet. A weird, <laughs> weird story on Sunday. And we already have a Jerry reaction to the story in terms of the Cowboys. So we'll get to that. Coming up at 12.45, uh, we started the show talking about Pittsburgh beating the Colts last night. Jeff Saturday, just weird stuff at the end. The game management was bad. He and Matt Ryan, uh, and the offensive coordinator for that matter, uh, kind of screwed that up towards the end. Pittsburgh gets the win. Zay, I'm not going to make any argument about Pittsburgh making the playoffs or anything. I will make an argument that they might mess with some plans. You realize they haven't played Baltimore yet? Really? Haven't played, haven't played the first one yet. They don't play them until, I guess it's either this week or maybe it's even another week, but they play them two pretty quick in December. So it's now a 4-7 and seven team. Again, I don't know that they pose any threat. The AFC is thick, but they have looked pretty good. Last three games, they're 2-1, and one, and most importantly, Kenny Pickett isn't turning the ball over. So I'll throw out the question to our Steeler fans out there, Zay, because they're everywhere. There's a Steeler contingent in every town in America. If you are fans of the black and yellow, is that your guy? Is the guy with the small hands and two gloves? Is that your guy with what you've seen? Zay, for you, 
Is he? Is he? Do you see now why they drafted him, and is he becoming their franchise quarterback? Yeah, he shows flashes. I mean, he, he's definitely fearless, and you gotta, you need that in a quarterback, especially just how he plays. He plays with a certain moxie. He's not afraid to talk smack to defenders and whatnot. And you know, as a rookie, you're just kind of trying to figure it out where you don't have time to talk smack and deal with other players. Mm-hmm. But he's so confident in his game and in that offense where you know he could. Play play his game, and he's starting to run the ball a little more. We saw him do that at, uh, when he was in college with, the obviously, the fake slide thing, but he does like to run the football, and, you know, he'll slide at the right times, and he made some solid throws yesterday. I'm more impressed with guys like George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, who, you know, Johnson, he's been up and down at times. I know you watch a lot of Steelers football. Mm-hmm. If your wife being a fan, they'll have some drops, but he when he's cooking, he's a very good wide receiver, so if he could find those guys like he did at times last night, if Najee Harris could get back to that first round pick that everybody thought that he was going to be. He's been so inconsistent this year. It's been an odd sophomore season for Najee Harris, but if he gets back to, you know, running the football like he did when he was playing for Nick Saban, then, yeah, you got to be optimistic if you're a Steelers fan, but I can't say after just this minimal amount of games that we've seen from Kenny Pickett, he's the guy. Yeah, I wouldn't quite go that far either. I think it may be coming that. He's giving you moments. Again, no picks. Not turning the ball over these last couple games. Uh, last three games are big. They still have two with the Ravens. They have the Browns, Raiders, and Panthers. And the Falcons are their other games. So there's some weirdly like winnable games in there. We'll just kind of see how they play. Um, but you mentioned a guy, Deontay Johnson, at times, he did have a little bit of, a, of, of the drops at the end of Ben Roethlisberger, but he's made some big catches for these other quarterbacks. But my God, George Pickens down the sideline. Oh, man. He has won every game. Every game. It's outside the numbers. It requires some kind of dance move, and George Pickens figures it out every time. That kid's amazing. Yeah, that his two-point conversion was nasty, too. Yeah, he's, he's a special guy out of the University of Georgia, and this is a special wide receiver rookie class. Like, I know I always praise mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson, which I'll continue to praise Garrett Wilson. He's representing the ATX, and he's represented well. But his former teammate, Chris Olave, he's doing his thing down in the boot, which they're not having the best season either. I know it's difficult to play with Andy Dalton at times, but he's making the best of his season. Yeah. And Drake London, same situation with him. Oh, and Drake made a great catch oh, the other yeah. day for Atlanta. Yeah, Woo. yeah. And it's like, can Mariota get him the ball? Like, same with Kyle Pitts. It's just that's the yeah. issue. Mariota just can't get those guys the ball. It's not necessarily their fault. It's just once the ball is in their hands, they can make plays with it. So this is a terrific rookie class, and Pickens, he's one of those ones. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Old enough, George baby. Pickens, how about that? Yeah, if Pickett and Pickens can continue to grow together and they really believe that they've got their next quarterback, um, you know, we'll see. Do they have the patience to kind of let that develop in this NFL? Let's see how they finish. They're 4-7 and seven after 11 games so you got six games to go. If they, you know, if they ended up with seven or eight wins, would that be something Steelers fans could at least be, you know, be encouraged by? I don't know. Steelers fans, they've been spoiled. Oh like yeah, Big Ben in his second season 
won a Super Bowl. Oh, trust me, I know. I live with one of them. <laughs> They're very spoiled. They're really I spoiled. Felt like Terry Bradshaw, once he got into the league, he won them pretty early too. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. So they're. You know, they're spoiled on quarterbacks. It's like year two. If we ain't getting to the playoffs, we ain't making deep runs and beating New England and those guys, then who's next? Who's next in line? And are they going to continue to be patient with Mike Tomlin? Because in some circles of those Steeler fans, they've been talking about Tomlin for a year or two and the offensive coordinator and trying to figure all of that out. I don't know if Matt Canada survives the next couple of years. I kind of think Tomlin's in. To me, he's one of the best coaches in the league, and I don't think they need – they're all about that stability, but it's that offensive side of the ball. Are they going to go after a different yeah. play caller? That's probably what they do. It was a weird era where Tomlin and Big Ben weren't seeing eye to eye. That's true. There that was, was a time. was a weird time, yeah. and I feel like a lot of Steeler fans hold that against Tomlin to this day because – where Big Ben, how historic he is, and Steeler fans' eyes, it's like he could do no wrong. Yeah. So I, I don't, you know, that's that's interesting. It is weird. I tell you, what's weird is how much Steelers we've talked today. Let's talk some Cowboys up next. Let's get into the <laughs> let's get into the crap bag because that OBJ story was definitely crap bag worthy. Jerry had a reaction to it. Does the story in Miami scare Jerry and the Cowboys off? What do you think? That's coming up on the Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel like we're going way back on this one. We're going a dis- decent distance back here. We going into the 80s? Yes, 80s. All right. Oh, man. Or is it too far back for her? The name that popped in my head was Taylor Dane. That's it? Okay. Yeah. At first, I thought, okay, when it started, it had a little, it had a basicness to it in terms of the, the vocal. She was just on that low, lower level. And I thought, this kind of has a Madonna vibe. But no, it's not Madonna. And then you could feel that talent. You could feel that Taylor Dane-ness start to happen. Taylor can go, man. Taylor Dane can absolutely go. Taylor Dane and the Eagles getting us started today. Taylor Dane still looks pretty good. Does she? Yeah. Good for her. Still got that big, beautiful blonde hair? Yeah. Might be coloring it might at this yell, point. Might be coloring them. Highlights, yeah. It might not be as legit, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll forgive her. Not a problem. Uh, all right. So, Chad and Zay with you on this Tuesday Lots of uh, lots of stuff on the board, and before we jump into the crap bag with this cowboy thing and OBJ and all that, let's get you a breaking news story from the Longhorn football team. 
And it is that modern times, eh, where sometimes the breaking news story comes directly from the player himself because he's on social media and wants to let people know what's going on. So what what did we just find out last 10 minutes? Shout out to a listener for uh, keying us in on this. Yeah, according to Troy O'Meary's Twitter, Troy O'Meary, at Troy O'Meary, he put, looking for a new school 45 minutes ago. Okie doke. So tweeted that out. And I guess he will be entering the transfer portal next week, December 5th. Guess that tells us how the conversation went. Yeah, I mean... Sark said the other day he's going to be talking to everybody, figure out where they are and where the the team is with them and they are with the team and all that. Uh, man, I, ho- I just hope Troy O'Meary can find the field at some point because that dude is talented. It's just he got to stay healthy. Yeah, it's been unfortunate. Like two ACL injuries back to back and just for your psyche that could be draining you know uh, on the NBA side Clay Thompson he dealt with a ACL and an Achilles injury back to back seasons like right when he was getting back from his ACL he tears his Achilles or Mm. vice versa I don't know which one happened I want to say the ACL came first so you know when you're a college kid, that could be even more just psyche draining. And I hope the best for him. And I hope whatever school picks him up, he thrives for him. There's no love, you know, no pettiness for me for Troy Mary at all. Yeah. Now that you hit Leo Billingsley issue. I don't know about that one. Yeah, somebody. No, I haven't heard this word yet. Word on the street, it doesn't sound good on his way out, which. I don't know how much is true, but word on the street is Billingsley was talking a lot of talk, saying that, hey, we used to do this at Bama, that at Bama, and the team was like, yo, bro, this ain't Bama. Uh, We're tired of your negative attitude. Get out. Really? Yeah. Okay. Especially after you dropped that pass against TCU. Mm, wide tough. open in your hands, dog, and you have the nerve to say something? That's speculation. I don't know if it went like that for sure. And if it didn't, I apologize, Jaleel. But you being off the team where you didn't produce really at all this season because you missed games due to whatever happened at Alabama. I still don't know the specifics on that one. But it doesn't leave a good taste in my mouth, his brief tenure here on the 40 yeah. Acres. So, uh, yeah, so Troy O'Meary into the transfer portal. And you mentioned the Billingsley situation. Somebody else texting uh, that they've seen uh, reports on Prince Dorba. Maybe also going into the transfer portal. Uh, best that time of the year. Hey, best of luck to everybody finding a place that works for them. Remember, Monday is when the transfer portal officially opens, and then you can start having those discuss. Starting Monday, the weird part of the system is you don't, they don't even have to let a head coach know. Head coaches might find out on Monday if they haven't had the conversations. But like Sark said the other day, he will have those conversations with his guys, and obviously that is underway, and then some of the guys feeling like they can put uh, the decision on social media. All right, so we'll keep our eyes peeled for the those stories. Let's get into the crab bag and talk about OBJ. Please put your seats uh, to their upright position. Chad's crab bag. Crab bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. It's brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. Let's work our way backwards through this story. Jerry Jones was asked about the OBJ story and if it change the interest the Cowboys might have on 105.3 The Fan in one of his many radio shows. Jerry said, quote, his overall team compatibility, his judgment, his behavior is not an issue with him. It is with many. It isn't with him. Huh? 
Yeah. What? Um, but apparently, uh, Mike McCarthy says, I think we're moving full steam ahead. So the Cowboys haven't changed the way they think about it. Zay, for people that missed the story, he got removed from an American Airlines flight in Miami. It was going to L.A. He wouldn't put his seatbelt on, was like in and out of consciousness. They thought he might be sick. And then eventually they they told him to put the seatbelt on and he wouldn't. Then they told him to get off the plane, and he wouldn't. Then eventually he did comply, got off the... It sounded like a strange story. It postponed things about an hour and a half for the flight. Yeah, supposedly he was high on gummies because he has anxiety. Uh, mind, so okay. he was a little droopy. And, you know, you better be careful with those gummies because you don't know when they're going to hit. So you might be chomping them down like they're Sour Patch Kids or something. Uh-huh. And, oh, these are mighty tasty 45 minutes later... You're in the days, and I think that might have been what happened to OBJ, who was kind of passed I mean, out in the seat. I don't know, but if you're that guy, don't don't be that guy. Nobody likes the guy that causes ruckus and delays right. the flight for everybody, especially a long ass flight from MIA to LAX. And I totally get why the 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 workers, you know, why all flight the flight crew would be concerned because you're talking about a five and a half hour flight. So whether they recognized him or not, you got a person that is unable to either buckle the seatbelt, comply with that request, or because you don't want to be, like you said, you don't want to be the person that gets on the plane and immediately falls asleep. Like, you can't do it that way. You can't just pass out on a plane. you gotta, you got to at least get to the point where the plane's taken off. you got to be able to answer questions if they need you to. Yeah. You can't just be unconscious guy in 8C. That's not how it works. Especially if you're first class too because I'm assuming people who are first class are a little more entitled at times. Oh, that's a good point. He's not in the back. You know he wasn't back in coach. Yeah, Yeah, so that could drive people crazy who work on planes and have to deal with that. And whoever threw him off, that could have been their last straw. Like, yo, I'm so tired of you rich folks out here trying to abuse us and try to use your power to get over one on us. Maybe they knew it was LBJ. Maybe they could have been a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Who knows? Yeah, try to nap out. I mean, I've been in that situation where I know I'm going to sleep on a long flight, but they have to, they'll have they wake me up. They'll tap me on the shoulder. Hey, sir, we need you to buckle your seatbelt. Okay. Or like I've got the blanket already, and they want me to show them the seatbelt. I've had that happen. Hey, show here you go. There's my seatbelt. Okay, just want to make sure. Like they've got to do all those checks. Yeah. And OBJ needs to know that. So then for you, would you agree with Jerry and McCarthy and the crew? Does this change anything about how the Cowboys would look at him? No. Okay. Man, Jerry's had druggies, felons, all types of folks on Cowboys rosters. You think something like this affects his decision making? Absolutely not. Dude, I don't know if Jerry would blink if OBJ had run up the aisle and ta- and had pulled that taken off the plane himself. <laughs> if he had jumped in the pilot seat and flown that plane to California, I'm not sure if Jerry would back off. Yeah, and Jerry's came a long way. This is 80-some-year-old Jerry who has a heart. This ain't that racist 15-year-old Jerry with the picture going around. Oh, around. no. Here we go. Here <laughs> we go. Jerry has changed. He is not that same boy... I was trying to get those beautiful black children out of that Little Rock school back in 1957. We didn't even talk about that because it happened over the long weekend and everything. (laughs) Dude, this, this, I saw that picture pop up and I thought, oh, good Lord, here we go. This day, this age, this time, social media. 
plus Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that's going to be – they're going to force – I was so glad that we didn't have to devote like a whole show to that discussion for a day. But to watch Stephen A. Smith and all these guys actually give it time and talk about it <laughs> like it was some serious story. I'm like, oh, my God. He was just curious. What's going on? What's all the ruckus here? He was – I'm so curious. What is going on here? Man, oh, man. Why, why are all these people around? Why is everybody so angry? Why is everybody white so angry? Wow. Okay. He's an observer of life, yeah. Zay. Just observing. He's observing. Yeah, absolutely. He's checking it He's out. He's changed, man. He's a changed – guy. I, I will say, there's nothing in that picture that shows me other than his presence, I can't read anything else from that no. picture, right? Like, his face doesn't tell me happiness, anger, confusion, uh, you know, like, acceptance, denial. I all can't I, see any of it on his I face. All I saw from that picture was puberty was rough on Jerry back in 1957. <laughs> <laughs> puberty uh. was not going Jerry Jones's way. That's fair. I think that's probably fair. So the Cowboys may still be interested in OBJ. As I'm reading it, he's going to go through the New York uh, teams, a couple of the New York teams first. He's going to visit Buffalo and the Giants. Maybe the Thanksgiving Day game would help him figure that out uh, with the Cowboys. But then he's going to come visit the Cowboys on Monday. So keep your eyes peeled for that story. Also, uh, Also, what do you got? Nate said on the Specs text line, Jerry was scouting talent. Oh, come on. <laughs> Scouting some late 50s Little Rock talent? Because he knew? He knew? He knew then. He knew then. He might have known he was going to be a national champion. Maybe he had that foresight. Maybe he was there just go. thinking forward yeah. to his national championship at Arkansas. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. That was 61, I want to say, something like that. They have brothers on that team? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Mm. Let us know, Specs Tech Line. Y'all got it. Y'all got that one. I don't know. I ain't looking that one up. Y'all let us know. That's a good question. Uh, All right, speaking of the NFL, we are still sitting right at 80% on that turnover stat. It had been above 80% for seven weeks, but the last couple of weeks, teams have gotten sloppy, including the Giants, plus two in the turnovers against the Cowboys, still lost the game, uh, and uh, that's a, a rarity to do that, but they uh, are one of the teams. This week it was 9-3 and three if you won the turnover battle, and the Giants at plus 2, they lost the game. Tampa Bay won the turnovers and lost the game against Cleveland, and the Patriots, believe it or not, uh, they won the turnovers but lost the game against Minnesota. All right, there is your crap bag. Up next, we'll get into some football, and we'll be watching soccer with Jeff Ward of the Jeff Ward Show. He does it every Tuesday. He'll be slightly distracted, but that's okay. We'll figure something out on the horn.